Finally. 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 December 6th. 2020. Finally. For the first time this year, besides the first half of the Washington game, hope. There was hope today. Again, are the Eagles going to win the Super Bowl this year? Spoiler, they're not. Are they going to make the playoffs after what the New York Giants did in Seattle? Looks like that's not going to happen either. But you know what did come from today's game? Hope for the future. It, 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 and it was. And again, I don't want this to be, you know, the burial of one guy. Because anybody who's listened to me speak all year knows my thoughts on what was happening at the quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles and how bad it had become. But finally... Today, people's contracts stopped dictating their playing time in certain positions. And we'll dive into that in a little bit. The Eagles lost 30-16 to in a game that at times did not feel close at all when it was 23-3. It felt like it was 223-3. And then all of a sudden, the Eagles had the ball with a chance to tie the game late. What happened? Why why did the Eagles lose? Let's first, you know, we'll we'll dive into, you know, the big event that took place in this game, you know, the change from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts, but let's go over the five reasons why the Eagles lost this game. And I I'm gonna start fifth with again, it's it's not necessarily a major reason as to how they lost this game. Um, but Jake Elliott missed another extra point. It's pathetic. This is pathetic at this point. It's so pathetic that he's the kicker for the Eagles still. It, it really is. It's absolutely pathetic that he is still a field goal kicker in the National Football League. Yes, he made a kick early in this game, and I give him that. But the point is, week in and week out, he misses one kick every game. It doesn't matter. He misses a kick. An extra point. And again, I know in the grand scheme now with the result being what it was, it did not affect the outcome of the game. But let me just tell you this. When the Eagles got the ball back there, down 23 to 16. That should have been 23 to 17. We should have been have the ball with four minutes left to have a chance to win the game, to win it. But that was taken because he cannot make an extra point consistently. He missed one last week. He missed one this week. Every week. You think it's fun to talk about the kicker every week? Do you think I enjoy having to come here and talk about the kicker and my, and my disgust for the fact that he's still the kicker? Because again, no accountability. And I keep saying that. I, I'm getting on Carson Wentz for his deal and how it's dictating his playing time. Well, you know what's happening here? The same thing is happening with the kicker, and he's costing this team points every week as well. Accountability. I would have kicking tryouts this week. Again, they won't do it because they think they can get away with this one and skirt, skirt this one, and nobody's going to really notice. But Jake Elliott continues to be a problem, and he continue will be a problem. And I'm telling you this right now, the fact that he has an uncuttable contract is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life, and more so to the reason as to why the general manager of this team needs to go fast. He needs to put be put on a rocket ship out of Philadelphia. He's the biggest problem. And again, that's kind of more or less what this is going to be, a diatribe of why this roster is so bad and how it got so bad. And it's because of our, you know, great GM, right? But fifth reason was Jake Elliott. Fourth reason, Darius Slay. You know, here's the thing about Darius Slay. Is Darius Slay as good as Jalen Ramsey? Well, no, he's not. I mean, we found that out. We're, we've learned that, that J Darius Slay is not Jalen Ramsey. He is not, you know... 
Patrick Peterson in his prime. He is not Darius or Darrell Rivas. He's just not that. That this isn't like he is not an all-time elite shutdown corner. I'm sorry. I mean, again, I don't get joy in saying that. He's still really good. I think he is a really good football player. I really do. But my thing is this: what the Eagles gave up for him was a third and a fifth round pick. They made him the top paid corner in the NFL, right? Well, one of at least. They did that so in games like this, we could have DK Metcalfs and Devontae Adams guys, guys like that, where you could put Slay on them and effectively limit or mitigate their impact on the football game. In the last two weeks, it just hasn't happened. Now, again, I get it. Slay's dealing with an ankle injury. He had hobbled off in this game. He couldn't even finish. But the thing with Darius Slay is, are the Eagles getting what they paid for right now? Not the last couple weeks, no. Then again, though, what did the Eagles pay for? That's the problem here. The general manager, did he misevaluate the player? Again, I think Darius Slay is going through a couple, you know, this has been a couple tough games. And again, I am not so certain that the defensive scheme we present is advantageous to his abilities. That, I truthfully feel, is the, is more or less where this all comes down to. I have not seen a corner succeed under Jim Schwartz since, you know, he's been our defensive coordinator. I have not seen anybody be able to, to honest to God, have a, a major impact on the game with besides like Patrick Robinson in 2017, and he was playing the slot. Darius Slay was for because, again, no matter what we want to say, and again, I get it with the scheme and all that, it's disappointing these last two weeks where we went against, you know, top-notch. These are top five guys in the league at that position, a wide receiver, and they have worked us. Like, there has been nothing to slow them down. You know, Metcalf had 177 yards. Adams had two touchdowns. Just not, especially one on fourth down. You know what I mean? It was just plays like that. It's it's things that, you know, you'll... You, you, you sit and you think about it and you think if you have that corner, at least, at least mitigate what they do. I know you're not going to shut DK Metcalf out. You're not going to shut Devontae, Van, uh, Devontae Adams out. But please, at least mitigate their result in the game. And he couldn't do it. But you know who the third reason is why? Um, how about Avante Maddox? And I came up with a new nickname today for Avante Maddox. His new nickname to me is The Drum because he is beat like a drum every single game. I like I, I couldn't I can't believe how wrong I was about Avante Maddox playing the outside. I was fooled too. I, I I don't know what happened at the end of 2018 when he excelled. I thought playing outside. I still remember the game he had against De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and how well he played in that Texans game. I remember how well he played against the Rams. How well he played even against the Bears. I mean, really, it was it was great playing from Vontae Maddox as an outside corner. I thought that this was the diamond in the rough. I thought he can do it. And again, I don't know what happened last year. I don't know if he had lost a step from an injury. I don't know what's going on. But Avante Maddox, the guy from two years ago, is long gone because he is the drum. Now, I will give him credit. He made a very good play on Devontae Adams in the fourth quarter there, uh, stopping a touchdown and you know leading to a field goal for the Packers, which was a great play. That was a fantastic play. But that was it. Alan Lazard down the sideline. Every time you looked up, it was just they were going at Avante Maddox. Separation out the wazoo for Aaron Rodgers, which is a recipe for disaster. It's a shame. Our corners today let this team down. I know that the Packers only got to 30, and they got to 30 pretty much really late. But the point being is that our corners were not able to hold up. They were not able to do their job. And that's why Green Bay was able to control time of possession, essentially be on the field for a majority of the football game. And why, you know what, again, 
<laughs> why it was such an easy day for Aaron Rodgers and their offense. Now, the second reason why we lost, how about this? This leads to Howie Roseman. Aging veterans, right? You look at this game. Jason Peters, you know, Elshon Jeffrey. Those are the two guys on offense where you're looking up and going, okay, why are they playing, right? I mean, I thought moving Peters back inside was the move. I thought that that's where he probably should have been all year. At least they got Mylotta back on the field. But again, it was like Mylotta came out so Peters could play when we thought Mylotta was showing some promise and kind of stunted his growth, even though he's played pretty well, I thought, the last couple weeks as well. Then, same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. We're all in on Travis Fulgham. And now what? Travis Fulgham is dropping balls. It Really, today was the worst game of Travis Fulgham's career by a lot. And again, he's out there for minimal snaps. I mean, he, he's, he's getting not even 50% of the snaps. Alshon Jeffrey is taking his reps. A guy who isn't going to be on this team next year. Listen, I'm forever thankful for Alshon Jeffrey. Like I said, signing Alshon Jeffrey in 2017 won the Eagles a Super Bowl. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable that season, especially in the playoffs, especially in the two biggest games in the playoffs, Minnesota and the Super Bowl itself. But here's the thing. That was three years ago. Alshon Jeffrey is slower than he's ever been right now. He's coming off a foot injury, a calf injury. Travis Fulgham should be getting all of those reps. It is the truth. I am not sitting here saying Alshon Jeffrey shouldn't play. You can get Elshon Jeffrey on the field if you feel he's actually... Now, again, I need to see more game tape with him. I have to study Elshon Jeffrey more. I have to see how he is actually moving, if he is able to create any somewhat form of separation to get open. Because, again, I have no problem if he's able to do that and get on the field. I have no problem with getting spelling Travis Fulgham here and there, spelling Jalen Rager, you know, maybe even spelling Greg Ward. I mean, again, I have no problem with that. But he should not be taking over 50% of the snaps on offense right now. We're not winning the Super Bowl right now. He's not contributing in that manner. And if that's the truth, if he's not giving you a contribution on offense, then guess what we need to do? Ask ourselves, are you paying him, or playing him because of his contract or his talent? And the same thing's asked for Jason Peters. Like I said, when Jason Peters got moved back inside, I, again, I, I never understood why Nate Herbig was taken out. We're trying to develop a younger player here. So then he gets put back in the game today, uh, Nate Herbig, in the second half, and he struggles a little bit. But again, it's there it is. Why wouldn't he? He's not. He hasn't played in a month. He hasn't played with the first team in a month. It's aging veterans. I mean, you could even make the case today. I looked up Jannard Avery. He's you know inactive for this game. We traded a fourth-round pick for him last year. He's inactive today? We can't figure out how to use Jannard Avery? It's just not... It, it's not conducive to winning. That's what this is, this aging veterans thing. And, and again, that comes back to Howie Roseman. I'm not so sure as to how much Doug Peterson has say in this. I, I really don't. I really don't know if he's getting directives from up top to who to play. I, I truthfully mean that. And if that's the case, it is a joke. It is an absolute joke. But the number one reason as to why the Eagles lost this game, it's the same reason it's been all season long. It is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the number one reason as to why the Eagles lost this game. And let me tell you this. Let's dive in to why Carson Wentz is the number one reason as to why the Eagles lost this game and saw their record drop to 3-8-1. I don't want to make this 
you know, essentially just a, an attack on Carson Wentz, right? Because again, anybody who's listened to me speak about Carson Wentz for the last, you know, what, 10 plus games knows my exact thoughts on what I thought about him as a player. And again, I actually have now come to the point where I kind of feel sorry for Carson Wentz because I feel like, again, he his play has indicated that he should not be playing for a considerable amount of time. So today, of course, we play Green Bay, obviously a very good team here, a team that is a Super Bowl contender. That first half was, it was atrocious. It really was. We ran the ball kind of well on the first drive. Carson, we, we had three points. I get it. Green Bay ended up controlling the ball for a majority of the half in terms of time uh, time of possession. But the point is we had three points at halftime. Three. Three points. You're not winning in the NFL scoring three points. He's taking sacks. And again, I get it. I just told you Jason Peters was terrible today. I know the offensive line is not playing at an elite level. But there was multiple times today in this first half, multiple occasions, where Carson Wentz took sacks that were completely unnecessary. One of which was completely egregious where he had a clean pocket. Uh, the de- defensive tackle had fallen down. He was looking down though. He was he, he was anticipating getting hit. Which, again, I understand because he's been hit so much. But the point is, once you start looking down at the defensive line and not looking up at the secondary and seeing where your receivers are, you are broken. You are broken. That It is. He's just right now, he's mentally broken. And he ended up taking a sack that was completely unnecessary when the line was actually doing their job. So what happens in the second half? We start the second half with Carson Wentz with a broken busted gimme touchdown to Dallas Goddard. It should have been a 90-yard walk-in touchdown. They busted a coverage. And he threw the ball to Dallas Goddard. And he threw the pass so short that Dallas Goddard had to stop, step back towards the Carson Wentz who was throwing it. Now again, this is about 30 yards down the field. Step to him to catch the ball and proceeded to only get about 5 to 10 more yards after he caught the ball where there was no defender within 20 yards of him. If Carson leads him in the slightest, I'm not saying he had to throw it where he caught him on a line. I'm talking just throw it where he didn't have to completely stop and go the other direction to catch the football. At the very minimum, Dallas Goddard takes that ball inside the 20. So what happens? He's tackled. Ends up being about a 40-yard gain. Or 35 to 40, something like that. But regardless, the next two plays, he's he's inaccurate on two throws. We end up having to punt the football, and that was Carson Wentz's last drive of this game. Then, what happens? The quarterback change. And again, it was not a quarterback change. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the best part about this. Because I wanted to make sure after the game, I heard from Doug Peterson. I wanted to hear from Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I wanted to hear exactly what was going on and what transpired that led to Carson Wentz coming out of the game. And what he was told was, we're going with Jalen for a series. It was a series. They wanted to inject some life. So what happened was, Hurts goes in, and it ends up being a third and long. And he throws an absolute perfect dime down the field to Jalen Rager. And the best part about this throw was, it's been my thing with Carson Wentz all year. All they'll show you is, well, nobody's open when Carson Wentz throws the ball. And I get it. We don't have the best receivers. I am fully aware of that. And I know our offense line isn't the best. Here's the thing, though, in the NFL. Wide receivers are not just running wide open. 
It doesn't happen all the time. There are occasions, there are moments, and he had one in this game where he was given a 90-yard touchdown and he turned it into a only 40-yard gain. That's a problem. But the point was, Jalen Rager was not running wide open on this throw. What Hurts did was he identified it was one-on-one, and he took his chance. He trusted his receiver to go beat the corner, get a foot. In the NFL, that's sometimes that's all you have is a foot of separation. You have to make the difficult throw. He has not done that this season, Carson Wentz. There, there has been moments where he's made throws like that. Maybe the Boston Scott one to win the Giants game, that was a great throw. But that's it. Hertz did it on his first real throw as a quarterback. Like, besides last year, or last week, the six-yard out, I mean, he had a throw against the Steelers, but it was on a gimmick play or whatever. This was it. Then they got a, a BS holding call after that that took the Eagles, which was going to be a score. They they ran a nice read option with Boston Scott, and they called a fake holding call on Malo and it killed the drive, which really bummed me out in a way because, like, yeah, obviously it bummed me out because it took points off the board for the Eagles, but I wanted to more so see what was going to happen. What was going to happen if the Eagles scored there? Was Carson Wentz coming back in? Because he was told it was only a series. And then the Eagles punted, and I really wanted the Eagles defense to man up and step up for once and get us off the field just to see what would happen if we were able to get the ball back, if he would have went back to Carson Wentz. Because right there you saw, uh uh-oh, you can't take him out. Packers ended up having a pretty lengthy drive, got a field goal, and by that point it was 23-3, and I think Doug just said, all right, I'm going to stay with Jalen Hurts, get him some reps. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted to see what he was really going to do if he thought this game was still in, you know, winnable. And it ended up being that it was very winnable. Because Jalen Hurts came in, you know, uh, and then obviously 23-3 to takes us down the field. Completes an unbelievable pass there to um, Alshon Jeffrey. They call the offensive pass interference. So now on 4th and 18, he throws an unbelievable touchdown pass to Greg Ward. And then all of a sudden we stop Green Bay. Jalen Rager takes a punt back. How about that? A punt return touchdown. He dropped the ball, which was concerning, but he picked it up and was able to obviously, you know, outrace the defenders, got in space, made his best play as an eagle, scored a touchdown. And now it's 23 16 because our kicker stinks. But the point is, we're right back in the game. Then we did get the ball with a chance to go and take the lead or tie the game, I mean, with four minutes to go. And, you know, Hertz missed the throw on first down to, to Jeffrey and. Then he got sacked, and then it was third and thirteen. He threw an in route to an in breaking route to Ertz, and it was broken up. And the Eagles punted, and I hated that call. I thought they should have went for it. I really did. Fourth and thirteen. I thought I get it. You just stopped the right. And again, it would have been questioned if they went for it. I know for a fact Doug Peterson would have been. Oh my God, what an idiot! You got to punt the ball here. I just didn't trust our defense was going to keep stopping Green Bay. I thought we were very fortunate to do it. I thought, hey, we're playing with house money at this point. Just go for it. Just go for it. What's the what's the worst that happens? Because I kept looking at it from this perspective. If, for instance, you, let's just say they get uh, stopped and Green Bay takes over, you still got to stop them on three downs there. And what's going to end up happening? From where they were on the field, Crosby's going to have to kick one from 53 plus, which is kind of what you want if they trot out the kicker to kick one from 53 plus because if he misses, you got the ball back at the 40-yard line. Now, I get it. If you stopped them there and then they decide to punt, it's a very long field for sure. You're going to probably be pinned inside your 10. Not ideal with no timeouts. But again, you also give the shot that you get the 4th and 13. 
You got a 4th and 18 in this game for a touchdown. When you watched Jalen Hurts go in, you saw life come back to this team. For the first time in what seems like two months, it was not wash, rinse, and repeat. There was some juice on offense, and I get it. He was only 5 for 12. I think he threw for 109 yards and a touchdown. And I know he had the interception there late in the game on the on their last drive where his arm got hit and the ball was intercepted. Unbelievable interception by Savage. But the point was, there was some juice. The offense actually was, you, you were looking forward to watching the offense play. Offense. Hertz was able to run around. He was able to, you know, buy time in the pocket with his legs. Clearly, he's a better athlete than Carson Wentz. He did have 29 yards rushing, which was the leader for this team. We could talk about Miles Sanders and his disappearance. But again, there was also a play, by the way, with Miles Sanders, you know, going on to him. And I get it. I know people are frustrated. They want Miles Sanders to get the ball more. And I do too. I want to see him more involved in some screens and and try to figure out ways to get him in some space. I mean, we had a lot of success last year running uh, Miles Sanders on these type of, you know, wheel routes. And again, they are non-existent this season. But I will say this. There was a play there on the 3rd and 19 on Hertz's first drive where they ran a draw. And I think the plan was they wanted to run this draw, try to get about 10 yards, and, and then go for it on 4th down. And the play was kind of there for them to get the 10 yards, even though they hand off and, you know, it was a little fumbled there. But regardless, Sanders recovered. And what he did was he just reverted to what he did as a rookie. And he got into the hole, and it looked like he had about a five-yard gain, a five yards further, I should say, past the line where he was going to make contact, where he could dive up and make this where it would have been a fourth and 10, fourth and 11, fourth and 12, something where it, it would have been, they would have probably went for it. But what happened was he tried to pop it outside, and he ended up losing three yards, and, you know, we had a punt. And it's because, again, there it was, trying to jump outside. Back to things he did as a rookie, back to things that got him actually replaced for Jordan Howard, who played in this game. Who well, I get it had more again. Now Jordan Howard is in some aging veteran, but the point was, you know, you'd want to see Miles Sanders get some more carries, and people want to see him more involved. And I agree. Again, I get it. The, the popping the ball outside, that stuff can't happen. But it's also maybe due to lack of reps. He's not getting the ball a lot. But I will say this: next week with the Saints. Now again. I listened afterwards. I wanted. I knew Doug Peterson wasn't going to confirm if Carson Wentz or. uh, Jalen Hurts was going to start next week. But I would feel that, you know, again, it's going to be a brutal test for Jalen Hurts for his first start. It's like, yeah, you're going to play the freaking, uh, (laughs) your first start is against, you know, New Orleans, who's arguably the the best team right now in the NFC, with maybe the best defense in the NFC. But uh, I would figure out that, you know, him with a week of starting or uh, getting the first team reps, how much better he would look. Again, remember, he was thrown in here cold. He went in the third quarter. You know what I mean? Like, it's cold in Green Bay. He gets thrown in off the... Like, it, it was all these circumstances designed to make him fail, and he did not fail. He was a success. But I would envision there would be scenarios to get him and Miles Sanders going next week. That read option works a lot better now when they know you're the actual quarterback and you could throw the ball. Like, it was interesting to see Green Bay have to play defense. And I know they played a backed-off coverage, and you could give me all these excuses. But again, for his first real game action, remember, he did not have a preseason. I thought Jalen Hurts looked the part. I really did. I was really impressed with Jalen Hurts. I like the way he throws the football. He does not have a cannon by any stretch of the imagination, but he throws with really good anticipation, and he was throwing receivers open. That's what I wanted to see. Throw guys open. 
Carson Wentz has not thrown somebody open since literally the beginning of September. They aren't always going to be running wide open. you got to throw them open. And he threw a bunch of guys open. Like, the interception at the end of the game, by the way, wouldn't have happened if Travis Fulgham did not completely whiff and drop a pass that hit him right in the hands because the quarterback threw him open. There were a lot of positives, finally for once, to take from a game. And they were mainly because of the quarterback. It, it, it was encouraging to see. And again, I felt, I do, I feel bad for Carson Wentz. I really do. I know he's not, you know, giving this as all. He is. He's trying his hardest out there. But right now, he's just mentally broken. And, and it, the question's going to come to people here. What's the move now? If you do go to Jalen Hurts. I mean, here's the thing. With the Giants winning, like I said, this this division is pretty much gone. But now if you go to Jalen Hurts, can you go back to Carson Wentz? I mean, people think you can just do it next year, but it's like, this guy's going to have four games here. And if he's very impressive in these four games, which is possible, it absolutely is. How do you go back to Carson Wentz? Because Jalen Hurts is going to be on the roster. I look at it like this. Carson Wentz is 28, going to be 29. This team is in financial hell for the next couple seasons. You have a bunch of older guys too. You need to get younger. How do you do that? Through the draft, right? Mainly, you do it through the draft without the GM that you have because he's horrible. But if you trade Carson Wentz, let's just say the Colts call him and you're able to get a first or a second round pick for Carson Wentz. My envision would be you might be able to still get a first round pick for him because I think the the theme around the NFL is that not Carson Wentz is terrible, that he's just not being coached properly, that he's fixable. But let's just say the Colts give you the 22nd or whatever pick it is. And again, I know next year it costs you $30 million in cap space paying Carson Wentz, but that's just one year and you've bought an asset. You're going to get two first round picks now, one inside the top five potentially and one inside the top 25. You can use that second first round pick, by the way, and go backwards and acquire more assets. Get more young guys on this team. Because you need cheap young guys right now because you're in financial cap hell. And here's the thing. If you don't do that and you just roll with Carson Wentz, okay, but we're not going to have enough talent around him to help pull this thing together because he needs talent around him. That's obvious. So by the time you get out of the salary cap hell, he's in his, you know, now, he's in his 30s. He's 31, 32 years old. And his extension is coming up. I understand if you think Carson Wentz is good enough to turn this around and he's going to be some like game-changing type player, I get it. You don't want to give him away, but I don't. He's mid-level at best. I don't think he's as bad as he's playing right now. I really don't. I know I've been critical of him. I don't think he's this bad. I mean, I hope he's not. But right now, he's the worst quarterback in the entire National Football League, and it's not close. I don't think he's best quarterback in the NFL. I don't I don't think he's got that potential in him. Sorry. I know he did at one time. That's gone. That's why I, get, I figure out here what you got with Hurts, because if Hurts could play, and you get two first-round picks next year, inside one, inside the top five, another. now we're saying, okay, you know what? Maybe we're not punting the next couple seasons here. 
We have a young player on a cheap contract. We have another young player, young player, young player here. Maybe Jalen Rager ends up not being so bad. I know the Justin Jefferson thing out there. He's over 1,000 yards this season, and it looks worse and worse every day, but Jalen Rager finally popped today. He had a 30-yard-plus catch on an unbelievable pass. He had a punt return for a touchdown. There were some things to take from this. Like I said, the wash, rinse, repeat is over. It's over. Hope is back. There is a feeling of hope now. I am looking forward to an Eagles game for the first time in a long time. Because I'm sensing something different. My belief is that Doug Peterson is going to name Jalen Hurts the starter. I just don't see how you can go backwards now. It makes no sense. I thought it was kind of a changing of the guard because when Hertz went in, so did Herbig. You know what I mean? Now the only thing that's next is you're going to start seeing Travis Fulgham play more than Alshon Jeffrey. I do believe that this was the last hoorah for that as well. They cut Will Parks this last week. They cut him so Kayvon Wallace could play. Will Parks was a young guy, by the way. It's not like he's some old player. But it's like, we're, we're going to get young quick here. We got to figure out what these guys can do. We need to know if we got some players and what we're going to need next year because the Eagles plan on having a lot of draft picks. And hopefully, Howie Roseman's not the one making those picks. So for this game, Freak of the Week, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the Freak of the Week. He, it, we finally had hope. He gave us hope. First time out there to be thrown to the Wolves. And I'll give Jalen Rager it as well. Big catch. Great punt return. Hope. How about that, by the way? The draft picks. We were, I'm critical of Howie, but there it is. I, I, one of the games where our two top draft picks were the two best players, I thought. Rager and Hertz. If you're Howie Roseman, you should be, you know beating this chest right now and smashing this and screaming this from the mountains because it's the only way you're going to try to save your job, which, by the way, shouldn't be savable anyway. Because, like I said, you gave an uncuttable contract to a kicker who can't make extra points. Geek of the Week. Still, it's Carson Wentz. Six for 15, 79 yards for essentially two and a half quarters of play. It's just not good enough. That touchdown, that walk-in touchdown that should have been to Goddard, I can't get off of it. I just can't get off of it. He's lost the ability to throw the ball down the field. And again, a change in scenery for him might be the best thing ever. He goes with Frank Reich. Yeah, I guess it, everything could change for him. I get it. Everything could turn around. Do I anticipate that? No. Is it possible? For sure, I guess. But we, trust me. At the end of the day, do you guys sit back and think that if Carson Wentz goes to the Colts, that the Eagles are going to rue the day? I don't see it. He had one season. Here, where, where you thought, that guy is a game changer. And he has not had that season since. He's had just brief moments. Very interesting week this week, it'll be, obviously. Because for the first time in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, the Foles-Wentz uh, thing, which you would think would have been a bigger controversy considering Foles won a Super Bowl. Um, it never really had steam because Carson Wentz was the younger guy. He was the top draft pick. Foles was the free agent. All right. Well, now Hertz is the draft pick. He's the younger guy. 
He brings more juice. Now the conversation's real. I'll be back on Thursday, hopefully talking about the plan for how the Eagles can beat the Saints. Because again, if Jalen Hurts plays, I think they're, I'm not saying it's impossible. I don't know what Drew Brees is going to do, if he's going to play or not. But Taysom Hill's getting a little bit better. He played a good game today. Their defense is really good. It's going to be hard for the Eagles to score. So, I mean, it's not the most ideal first game for somebody to start. But, hey, man, if I saw Justin Herbert get thrown to the Wolves against the Chiefs and he came out on top, and he, up until today at least, Justin Herbert's looked the part. He had a bad day. And, by the way, that's going to happen. When you're a rookie, bad days happen. That's why you're a rookie. <laughs> They're called learning experiences. Hope is back. I want to thank everybody for listening to The New Norm. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.